Well, good morning, Christchurch. It is wonderful to be with you again this morning, uh, and it's a real joy to be able to come and preach again, to open up God's Word with you. Uh, if you do have a, a Bible uh, on your phone or a hard copy, do keep it open to Romans chapter uh, 12. We're going to be diving into these verses together. Uh, but before we do that, I'd love to pray uh, with you. So shall we pray together? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, thank you for the way that you use it to speak to us and work within us. And God, we pray that it would be so this morning. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Some of you who know me might remember that I absolutely love chocolate. And as a result, a few years ago, I decided that I was going to give up choc uh, chocolate for Lent. Uh, but I decided to do it in a kind of, let's be honest, a slightly half-hearted way. You know, I decided that I wouldn't buy any chocolate for myself. But, but if someone kind of offered me chocolate or, or got me a, a bit of chocolate without me asking them, that, then I wouldn't make a fuss about it. You know, I would just take it and not worry and, and keep on going. You know, I was having a bit of a laid-back Lent. Well, I remember uh, one uh, morning I went to a, a coffee shop, a coffee shop that was just around the corner from Christchurch, actually, and I ordered a, a cappuccino, and the person who was making it put chocolate sprinkles on the top without even asking me. But I thought, Do you know what, I'm not going to worry about it, I'm, I'm having a kind of easy going Lent, so I'll just have it and, and don't worry. And, uh, and, and it was delicious. I'm going to be honest, I hadn't had any chocolate for a while, so just that little hit was just, was just what I wanted. And so the next day, when I decided I wanted a, another coffee, I thought, do you know what, I'll go back to that coffee shop because they'll probably put chocolate on my cappuccino again without me asking. So I went around kind of trying to play the system, hoping that I'd get it. And this time, the person who was making it for me asked if I wanted chocolate on my cappuccino. But I thought, do you know what, I kind of, I didn't ask them, they've offered and it's you know it's really normal to have chocolate on the cappuccino so do you know i'll just say yes because you know i, I you know it's, that's still fine i'll easy going lent it's it's not a problem so i i had the cappuccino with the chocolate and it was it was fantastic before you know it i was at the sainsbury's on the yule road uh, buying one of those big kind of sh sharing bars of dairy milk and finishing it off all by myself you know, my half-hearted Lent was thoroughly unsuccessful. I ate chocolate all the way through it. And you know, really often in life, when we want to achieve something that's difficult, like giving up chocolate, I find, I don't know about you, that it won't just happen by accident. You know, we'll either purposefully walk into success or we'll stumble inevitably into failure. And it's true with, with silly things, but, but I think it's particularly true with the important things of life, like, like the becoming the sorts of people that we want to be. Because you and I are all becoming somebody, aren't we? You know, whether we mean to or not, or plan to or not, we are all changing all the time. We're all becoming someone. You know, the person that you will be a year from now, five years, ten years, is not the person that you are today in the same way that the person that you were ten years ago is not who you are now. And so the question 
is then, who is the person that you are becoming? Because you are becoming someone. And what we see from these verses in Romans is that you'll be travelling, according to Paul, in one of two directions. You know, either you'll be moving, stumbling, unknowingly, half-heartedly, uncontrolled into the sort of person that Paul says the world wants you to be. Or you'll be purposefully and intentionally becoming the sort of person that we describe at Christchurch as a whole life disciple of Jesus Christ. And Paul's conviction we see in these verses is that we should long to become like that second person. We should long to become more like Jesus because of what we see when we think about God's mercy for us. He's saying that when we when we recognise that God has done everything for us that is necessary in the life, death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, he's done everything necessary to heal and restore and reunite us, uh, us who put our faith in Jesus with God, despite our own shortcomings and sins. That's God's mercy and in light of that mercy we should long to become like our saviour and so in our time together this morning i want to think about how we do that how we choose purposefully and consciously to become the sorts of people that we want to be how we can go about shaping our hearts and souls and minds and lives so that we, as Paul says in these verses, live lives that are holy and pleasing to God. That are, as we saw last week with Emma, lives of worship, which is to say that they display to God and to the world around us how valuable, how good, how wonderful we think that God is by living in response to what he's done for us. And so how do we do that? How do we consciously become these sorts of people who live a life like that? Well, Paul tells us, sandwiched between the beginning and ends of those verses, in the beginning of verse 2, he tells us, and he begins with a stark warning. He tells us, do not conform to the pattern of this world. You see, Paul is recognising here something that's important but that you and I so often miss and it's really important that we understand it. And it's this, the world is trying to make you someone. The world, and by that Paul means those forces and powers and, and structures that are opposed to the rule and reign of God. And it might be better translated at this present time in history and the bible teaches us that that what he's talking about here what he describes as the world is, is more than just those natural things that we see around us and paul says that this world is a transformation machine it's forming and squeezing you so you take on its shape and it does that in all sorts of subtle and, and powerful 
weighs every moment of every single day. But it does it perhaps most powerfully and most significantly through stories. Through stories that it invites you to believe, to live in, to play your part in. We might call these stories cultural narratives and cultural narratives are all around us and they're powerful. You just have to watch a Disney movie. You'll see that they're inviting you into a story and that's unkind to pick on Disney, love Disney, come on WandaVision, but, but it's an example. The world is inviting you to live into its story. Stories like the power and the primacy of self-actualization. It's a story that says that I can do whatever I want to do. Or the story of the fundamental truth of self-expression. I am who I say I am. Or how about the story of the importance of self satisfaction. I can have whatever my heart desires. The world tells us these and other stories in order to shape us to become the sort of people that it thinks that we should be. You know, it's not even necessarily malicious. The world thinks they're good stories, but it wants us to find our place in them and so so we're surrounded by these cultural narratives that want to form us into their likeness you know and the world is not short on opportunities to do this to us you know apparently the average person in the UK at the end of 2019 so by today's standards a long time ago spent somewhere between an hour and a half and three hours every day on social media they also watched this average per oh could you try again my watch is joining in uh, they also uh, as well as social media that same average person would watch just under 4 hours uh, of tv or or different streamed content every single day and all of this stuff whether it's good or or bad and can have a conversation about that and paul has his opinion but all of that stuff is shaping us by the stories that it tells us to live in, to live out of, to accept as true. You know, some of the media that is best at this is, is advertising, you know, which is literally designed to tell you a story in order to change how you think and how you act. And I want you to have a, a guess for me, it's a bit of participation. Just how many ads do you think you see every single day? You know, if you're with someone, say a number to them now, tell them how many ads you think you see. If you're by yourself, just kind of own that number, say it out loud for me. How many ads do we see every single day? Have you guessed? You know, without being able to hear you, I'm pretty confident in saying that you're wrong <laughs> and that the number is actually higher than you think because apparently we all see somewhere between six and 10,000 ads every single day and all of this noise all of these stories all of this submersion and these cultural narratives is is forming us it changes us it's shaping us into the sorts of people that the world thinks we should be it makes us look like this present age 
which Paul is saying his point when he uses this language is not to be down on the world, but, but it's to say that the world, which is ruled by things beyond perhaps what we see at first, it stands in stark contrast with the kingdom of God that is coming. The place where God rules and reigns, which is defined by, as Paul says, his list of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. It's defined as Jesus hints at and points towards in the Beatitudes with things like mercy and peacemaking and meekness. And we could sum this all up by saying the kingdom in contrast with the world is defined by Christ-likeness. And so if you want, you and I want to become that sort of person, want to become more like Jesus, then we need to live into a different story than the one the world tells us, shapes us into. We need to let something more powerful, something more beautiful shape us. And what is that? What are we to do? Well, Paul says that our minds need to be renewed. You know, again, Paul is, is recognising something here and he's recognising that what is true on the inside of us will eventually and inevitably work itself to the outside of us. It will work its way outwards and be true in how we live and how we act. That is to say, our hearts shape our action. Our thinking directs and determines our behaviour. And so if you and I are to resist the formational power of the world, then our minds, which Paul's thinking doesn't separate kind of thinking and, and doing when he's talking about our minds being transformed. He's talking about the whole of us, our wills and our, our thinking that determines our acting. All of that needs to be transformed and renewed and revitalised. You know, we need to learn to think and to do and to be according to the story of God's kingdom. His kingdom narrative, not according to the the story and the narratives of this present age. We need to immerse ourselves in that better story. That story has to be stronger than the world's story. And so where do we immerse ourselves in God's story? Well, I believe that God has called me here this morning. He's orchestrated that I'd be with you today at the end of where you've been in this last month to point you back to where you've begun this year. As you've been thinking about what it means as a church to be whole life disciples of Jesus Christ. Because here's the thing, I have no silver bullet for you. You know, there's not a three easy steps to Christ-likeness or a five-day plan to live God's story or, or a magic key I can give you to unlock the sort of person you want to become because Christians down the ages have realised that far more often than not, our journey to being like Christ is not a quick fix, but it's what the author Eugene Peterson describes as a long obedience in the same direction. And so you've been thinking 
this last a month, this last month about that long obedience. You've been thinking about how you can submerge yourself into this better story and see over years and decades, perhaps not weeks and months, but how you could see your life shaped and your mind renewed so that you look more like Jesus. So you've been thinking about how you need to read your Bibles, but more than that, you need to submerge yourselves into them, meditating on them, thinking about them. You need to do it regularly in seasons when it's easy and seasons when it's hard, whether you can just do that for a few minutes or you can spend longer in God's word. And you need to, to read this book asking God to meet you in its pages. You've been thinking about how you need to pray, how you should do it in the morning as you begin your day, asking God to be at work. Do it in the evening as you look back, asking God to, to remind and show you where he was working. Do it unceremoniously every moment that God brings himself into your mind, recognising that God is with you and he wants to hear from you and speak to you. You've thought about how God invites us to live generously and that's a way that we live more into his kingdom as we show to ourselves and to God and to the world around us that money is not the boss of our lives but that God is and that we follow a God who provides for us abundantly and in doing so frees us to be generous with ourselves and our resources out of joy and freedom kindness, sharing where there is a need. And last week you thought about worship, how living as people of worship, lives of worship, worship in song in the church, worship in the week, through living well and through loving friends and family, how living lives of worship shapes us to become the people that God wants us to be. You thought about how living lives of sacrifice, following after the God who gave himself for the sake of the world makes us look more like Jesus. And so none of this stuff, none of this kingdom narrative of being formed into the likeness of Christ, none of it happens by accident. You know, I bet if you speak to some of the faithful saints at Christ Church, and I know there are so many people in the church that you just look at and you think, yes, I want to look like them as they look more like Jesus. I imagine if you speak to any of them, none of them will say, yeah, this just happened. I don't know, I don't know how I stumbled into it. I was doing a half-hearted Lent and I, you know, here I am. No, we either stumble into the shape of the world or we choose purposefully to look more like Jesus. We have to choose to step into these practices. What we do in God's kingdom must be stronger than what the world is doing to us. God's story has to be louder in our ears than the story of this present age. We need to see our minds renewed as we step into practices that will help us to get there. But I have some good news for you. It's not down to you. Because what does Paul say before telling us our minds need to be renewed. He says this, he says, be transformed, be transformed. And the word transformed, there's an important word, it's where we get our word metamorphosis from. And, and when the Bible uses that same word in the gospels, it doesn't use it very often, but when it, it does, it translates it 
we translate it as the word transfiguration. You know, Paul is saying here that a radical whole life top to bottom change needs to happen to us. But there's good news. We're not the ones who do it. We don't need to have this transforming power because the one other place that Paul uses this word, he says this. He says, we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You know, all those practices that we just mentioned and that you spent January thinking about, they're great. They're important. If you step into them, you will be changed and transformed. You will look more like Jesus. But the reason you'll be changed is not because of your effort as you step into them, but because God will use them as a vehicle of meeting with you and filling you with his transforming spirit. And this desire to be renewed, the transforming power is God, he is the power of change in our lives. It's not down to you. We just need to ask God to work within us. You know, it really is that simple. When God says that he's a loving father who longs to give us as his children good gifts, he's telling the truth. He wants to give you his spirit to transform you, to help you become more like your saviour, to help you look more like Jesus. And so this morning, I have a simple question for you. Who are you becoming? Or perhaps who do you want to become? At the end of this year, at the end of this decade, even at the end of your life, do you want to let the world shape you? Because it will and it is. Or do you want to look more like Jesus? Because if you do, I have an invitation for you. Would you make this the year that you choose to step into the renewal of your mind, to hear a better story, to be the sort of person who immerses themselves in the narrative of the kingdom? And would you trust God? Would you trust in his goodness and ask him to meet with you? to fill you with his spirit and to transform you. If that's what you long for, if you want to be shaped by Jesus into the likeness of Jesus, then I would love to begin that journey by praying with you now. We're praying for power and energy and strength and conviction to to live into the narrative of God's kingdom but also praying that God would fill you with his transforming spirit so if that's what you want wherever you are and however you will most fully be able to meet with God can I pray for you if you're able to would you pause and and be open to receiving from God but I'm going to pray and we're going to trust for God to be at work. So Lord Jesus Christ, I want to thank you for my brothers and sisters. God, thank you that we are one family. And God, for for those who are hearing and sensing your call, who have been filled with this desire to become like their saviour, Jesus Christ. 
God, who long to live in the patterns of the kingdom and who long for your transforming power within them. God, I pray that you would move in their hearts even now. Holy Spirit of God, I pray that you would fall into every heart and every home. God, that you would move amongst us and that your transforming power would make us look more like Jesus. God, I ask that you would begin a work today that brings us at the end of our journeys to look more and more like our Saviour. And God, for this week, for those who have struggled to surround themselves with your narrative, because the narrative of the world is so loud, but for those who, who look at the week and think, oh, I want to read the Bible, and I want to pray, but I don't know how, and I failed before. God, for people who worry, people who long for that, God, I pray that you would give them power, that you do more than we might even ask or imagine. Fill us with a desire to immerse ourselves in the story of your kingdom. Give us ears to hear, transform our minds, transform our hearts, make us more like Jesus. Give us power to be transformed, I pray, even now. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, and if you're meeting with God, would you stay in that place? Otherwise, you might want to message someone, ask them to pray with you. If, if you're longing to meet with God, but you're not sure you are, press in and trust him. But let's be people who, who pursue God's kingdom and long to look more like Jesus. Amen.